Hello, and welcome to Zambrella's podcast. Today is Smartphone and Technology Tuesday. Let's forget it's a Wednesday, and I have a rather large selection of topics to cover today. We've had the recent Reddit freedom of speech issue. The consumer edition of Oculus Rift has been announced, which I am very excited about, as VR technology is on the pinnacle of an explosion, with the Oculus Rift leading the way, but other competitors are close behind with Sony's Project Morpheus and many others. And finally, after seven months of sleep, the Comet Lander Philly has finally woken up. On the smartphone side of things, the international Sony Xperia Z3 Plus has been announced and an Iron Man Galaxy S6 Edge Special Edition has been sold for $91,000. Let's start off with one of the most exciting advancements in not only technology but gaming as well, virtual reality. The aim of VR is to increase the immersion available to the user of the VR. This is done by altering the environment around the user to make the setting seem more real. In a way, this is a very arbitrary definition as what's the line between virtual and virtual reality? I guess the question can't really be answered. Throughout the last few decades, there have been technologies developed to increase immersion. For example, those simulation machines at fairs with a big TV screen and motors which cause you to physically move. Another example is just bigger, higher resolution monitors which fill your field of view with more screen, coupled with a good pair of speakers, and your immersion is greatly increased. But this hasn't been labelled VR, probably because its advancements on old technology its not exactly new. But this is where the Oculus Rift comes in with its virtual reality headset. The Oculus has been around for about three years and since its birth has gained considerable interest. So much so that after a couple of developer kits, Facebook bought the company in March for about $2 billion. So what is the Oculus Rift? In essence, it's just two screens in front of your eyes to block any outside distractions to immerse you in whatever content is on the screen. There's also a set of headphones attached to the headset designed specifically to make you feel as though you're truly somewhere else, and that's a quote there. This is actually one of my biggest worries about the headset. The headphones look quite small, and if they don't live up to what they say, it could ruin some of the immersion. Paired with the headset is a sensor that uses infrared LEDs to track the movements on the headset. Basically, if you move your head left, the camera will move left as well. Another way to sort of create a virtual environment for the user. On announcement of the consumer edition, Oculus said they would bundle a wireless Xbox One controller with the Rift. You can also buy what Oculus calls Oculus Touch. It's basically a standard dual joystick controller split in half. So basically you end up with two controllers with the addition of a nearly full circle stuck on the front almost like the edge of a radar, you know, with a big hole in the middle, which the sensor can use for additional information. What immediately comes to mind is it's used to simulate a sword or a lightsaber. I really, really hope someone makes a really good Star Wars game which can make use of this technology. I mean, just imagine, like, being in this world and being a Jedi. I mean, it's like the nerd's dream. But this is just one of the hundreds of different uses of, for technology like this. We're not just talking about games. When Facebook bought Oculus, they expressed the use of VR within social media. Originally, I didn't really like this, and neither did a large portion of the community, and it seems like Facebook did the smart thing and let the project mature without any of their obvious input. But give it a year or so, and I can imagine Facebook will start adding their own feature. Whether this will be a good thing, time will only tell. It's definitely worth mentioning that Oculus is not the only company looking into VR. In fact, companies such as Sony with Project Morpheus, HTC with the Project Vive, as well as Samsung's Gear VR, have clearly showcased these products to the worlds and they're looking to get in this game. 
Each are based on the same idea as Oculus Rift, but with the company's own twist. So when can we expect to see the Oculus? On their website, they say Q1 2016, which obviously is quite a while away, and they will be taking pre-orders in late 2015. I'm very excited to see this technology hit the shelves. No price has been released, but I would think it to be around the £200 mark anymore, and you really start to remove a demographic and a lot of potential customers. So I ask you, what are your, you most excited for? What do you think is going to be the best application? So tweet me your thoughts at Zambrella101. Now on to a more political matter. I am, of course, talking about the change to Reddit as they are clumping down on content that can be classed as harassment. Subreddits such as Fat People Hate and Shit Niggas Say have been banned. This banning has been met with much dislike from the Reddit community as it goes against Reddit's freedom of speech ethic. In fact, there's been such a backlash that many Reddit users have moved on to a competitor site called Vote, just basically a Reddit clone. Although there were plenty of there was plenty of hate initially, in typical internet fashion, it was pretty much forgotten about the day after the event. Whether this is because the people showing dislike are not on Reddit, or because people have just gotten over it. This story draws a dilemma inside myself, because of course harassment is bad, and discriminating against anyone is just not cool, and yes, limiting things like involuntary pornography is good, but where do you draw the line? How long until more content is limited? I think we are at a stage where companies that host community content have to be very careful about what they will allow, but also keep the community fully aware of any changes to their policies, because policies should be changeable as the internet is still evolving. It should also be mentioned that some people on the internet are just idiots, who have very little thought of others and will just jump on any bandwagon. What are your opinions? Let me know on Twitter. Another small story this week is that the Comet Lander Philly has woken up. I say small story, I actually think the whole story surrounding the Comet Lander Philly is pretty fascinating. The Philly accompanied the Rosetta spacecraft until it landed on a comet. On the 12th of November 2014, it landed on the comet. However, there were some complications with the landing which caused the Philly to enter a safe mode due to reduced sunlight and power until a few days ago. On the 13th of June, it awoke for a mere 85 seconds in which it transferred over 300 data packets which are yet to be analysed, and there are a further 8,000 packets left. It is clear that although there have been some serious complications, the mission was uh, somewhat successful. This will hopefully promote more missions like this one to help uncover more information about comets. It also showcases some of the amazing things scientists and engineers can achieve. It also gives me hope that we could land a nuclear bomb on a comet that might be heading for Earth. Here ends the technology part of the show, and now on to the smartphone portion. Things have been a little quiet over the last week, considering most of the big announcements were made about a month ago. However, Sony has announced the Sony Xperia Z3 Plus, Z4, and C4V. Each a relatively small incremental upgrade to the popular Z3. I don't know whether to say Z or Z. I'm gonna, I think Z might be easier, actually. So, uh, As a reminder, the Z3 has a 5.2-inch 1080p display. It's waterproof. contains a Snapdragon 801 processor and 3GB of RAM, plus a 20-megapixel camera. Z3 Plus is available in Europe, the Z4 in Japan, and the Z4 is available in the US on the carrier Verizon, hence the V. All have similar dimensions, although the Z4V is slightly thicker, as it also has a slightly bigger battery. The Z4 and the Z3 Plus are basically the same phone, and the only real variation between them and the Z3 is the processor, as it has been upgraded to the Snapdragon 810, which reportedly has actually had some overheating issues. 
However, the Z4V is significantly different from both the Z3, Z3 Plus, and Z4 in the fact that it has a Quad HD display instead of the standard 1080p one. That is, the resolution has been bumped up to 2560 by 1440 from the standard 1920 by 1080 And that's basically it for the upgrade. I'm sure there are a couple of other smaller things, but these aren't really going to be noticed by the user. So this brings up the question of whether these small upgrades that companies keep bringing out are really worth it. As Sony isn't the only manufacturer to do this. HTC have also released the HTC One M9 Plus, a slightly upgraded One M9. I think it's got a Quad HD display. Uh, on one hand, I guess this is great for those whose contract has ended and don't want to wait the usual six or 12 month cycle for the next flagship. But on the other hand, it does take something away from the big flagship devices. I always get excited during MWC or when Samsung holds a big event where they announce the next big thing, but now it's not such a big deal. Also, creating multiple devices for multiple different areas is likely to create more work for the company. So when a new version of Android is released, more time is needed to develop the software update that is compatible with each of the separate devices. In conclusion, I don't think these minor upgrades are the biggest deal, especially as it looks like they're going to be sticking around. The final major news I wanted to cover this week is that Samsung has released an Iron Man edition of the Samsung Galaxy S6 Edge, and it looks freaking awesome. It's red with the gold trim and even has a software skin to match. So how special edition is this phone? To give you an idea, one auction for $91,000. Even though it is one of the best looking phones ever, if I happened to win one, I would sell it in a heartbeat. $91,000 is so much money just for a phone. I mean, what would you do with $91,000? I would buy the regular S6 Edge with some cash to spare. So this concludes the first ever Smartphone and Technology Tuesday podcast. Let's forget that it was published on a Wednesday. I hope you've enjoyed listening, and if you have any comments or requests for future topics, tweet me at Zambrella101 and I'll be sure to respond. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys on the flip side.